Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, amma ba'd, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Brothers and sisters, welcome back to Get to Know with Brother Sa'ad. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Yes, my hair's gone. <laughs> so, in this episode, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to be talking about a scholar. A scholar the likes of which mothers have become tired in trying to give birth to scholars like this now. The kind of scholar that is rare to find in history, let alone in our present kind of age. We're going to talk about a man whose works have reached your house. You will struggle to find a practicing household, except one of his books are inside your house, directly or indirectly. Either that actual book or parts of that book have been mentioned or referenced somehow in another book that you have. We're talking about none other than Imam. Al-Nawawi or Al-Nawawi So we'll come to that in a second May Allah have mercy on him So if oh, you're thinking Allah, Who is Imam Al-Nawawi And you don't know Don't worry That's what this whole show is about Because if, if you, you don't, don't know Get to know hey. In fact the whole point of the show Was to talk about scholars and stuff right But Initially of, yeah. Initially yeah. We're, So, so we're going we're, we're to talk about scholars Every now and again Now before we do that I have a couple of really important Announcements to make Announcement number one so we are going to Umrah, inshallah ta'ala, on the 17th of April to the 25th of April. There's only 20 spaces originally. Many of those spaces have already been taken up. There's a handful of spaces left. If you guys want to come, then you need to make like make moves and register now. Okay. So the way you do that is you go to the link below. And where you can see I've linked the video of me talking about the Umrah trip and all the details, click that video, watch it if you haven't already watched it, and then in that video is all are, are all the details for the travel agent that we're working with, which is called Sunnah Trips. And you can call them up, inshallah ta'ala, and you can book your ticket ASAP, because trust me, this is going to be an epic trip, inshallah ta'ala. The second announcement is that this month in March, we decided to put something together for you guys. We know many of you guys want to seek knowledge, but there are obstacles when it comes to seeking knowledge, right? So we kind of put together what five of the most common obstacles might be for a brother or sister trying to seek knowledge in the West. And we basically put together practical tips, not from ourselves, but we benefit this from our teacher, but we just put it together in email form for you guys. Practical tips on how to overcome each one of these obstacles. For example, how to be sincere, how to balance married life and seeking knowledge, how to balance academic studies and work and you know, all that stuff that is probably going in your mind. So the, the way you access that is literally you go to the link below, you, you, you know, where it says five obstacles, that one, you type in your email address and we'll send you the first email straight away. And then over the next few days, we'll send you an email per day, inshallah ta'ala. That's just a little gift from us to you guys, inshallah ta'ala. So now, let's go to Imam An-Nawawi, rahimahullah. So, interestingly, first you mentioned mm -hmm. that you could say his name in two different ways. Mm -hmm. Can you let us know what are these two different ways? So, there are two ways in the, uh, in the language for you, you or me or any one of us to pronounce uh, the name. Right, it is either Annawawi or it's Annawawi with the extra alif. So then that's you know, you know that's you know every now and again you can you can say Imam Annawawi. Mm. Then people. But here's a question, right? Yeah. Where is that name attributed to? Okay, so good. Because that's interesting, right? That's very interesting because, because a lot of people don't realize like Nawi wasn't really his name. Yeah. His, his name, name was, was Abu Zakaria. That was his kunya, right? Um, and uh, it's interesting because Abu Zakarim's father was Zakaria, but he never had a child. And one of the benefits from that is that you don't have to have a son to have a kunya. Wait, remember no, he didn't have a child? No, he was never married. Dun, dun, dun. He forgot to get married. Okay. 
We'll talk about we'll that. Talk we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Inshallah. But boys, he never had a child. One of the benefits that we take from him. Look, 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 look. How we're already learning from the Sheikh's name. One of the benefits that you take from him is that you can have a kunya, um, uh, because the Prophet Ali Sassam, he named Aisha radiallahu anha. He called her Umm Abdullah. Okay, the mother of Abdullah. She never had a son called Abdullah. Abdullah was her nephew, but he still gave her that kunya. Abdullah ibn Zubayr. Radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma. So you can have a kunya like me, like I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have no kids yet, but my name, my nickname, shall I, shall I put it out there? Shall, do you want to know what my kunya is? Abu. Abu Nuh. Nuh. Abu Nuh. That's my kunya. See, you didn't have a clue. Shout out to Nasir. Nasir, Lydia. Yeah, Abu Nuh. Abu Nuh. So now, now you know. Now you know. So you, you call me Abu Nuh now. Okay. So, so that's a benefit, making, right? Yeah. Okay. But his name is Yahya Ibn Sharaf. Yahya Ibn Sharaf. That's his name. His name is Yahya. Sheikh's name is Yahya. Yahya. That's his name. His name is not Nawawi. So why why do people call him Nawawi? Nawawi. The reason why he's called Nawawi is because he was born in a place called. Noah. Okay, he's from a place called Noah. It's a place called Noah. So that's where that's that's where he's originally from, right? And Noah is a place which is in Sham. Sham, commonly known as Syria today, Syria right? Today. And but it's it's more than that. More so, than that. So 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 that's interesting. And a lot of people need to understand that you know, like when you, for example, when you look at Imam Al Bukhari, he's not from Bukhara. He's not from Bukhara. His name is not Al Bukhari. That's where he's from. He's from a place called Al Bukhara. Mm-hmm. His name is. Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn Mughirat ibn Bertizba Al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala That's his name His name's Muhammad Muhammad ibn Ismail His kunya is Abu Abdullah It's important that you know these things yeah. You, you find a lot of ulama They have yeah. the, 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 You know just a side point Something funny Like Imam Muslim Is actually Muslim's name yeah. And there was a brother Who actually uh, You know We heard a funny story That uh, You know We know He, 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 he didn't The same way Al-Bukhari Is not his real name right? He thought Muslim wasn't his name. Mm-hmm. He thought Muslim, you know, whenever you say this hadith narrated a Muslim, he thought like every Muslim narrated it. Yeah, he's, he's probably confused, isn't it? <laughs> no, his name's actually Muslim ibn Hajjaj. <laughs> okay, so good. We went for the Sheikh's name. Go ahead. Okay, good. So the Sheikh's name is Yahya ibn Sharaf, um, and his kunya was Abu Zakaria. He was born in a place known as Nawa in the year 631. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and for that reason, because of the place where he's from, he was attributed to that by his name, and that's why he's known as mm-hmm. Imam An Nawawi or An Nawawi, whichever way you want to pronounce it. They're both accepted. Um, the Sheikh, tell us a bit about his father. Okay, so the Sheikh uh, was moved to Damascus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's a very interesting story, you know, about him and being in Damascus mm-hmm. and something that his dad used to do for him. Mm-hmm. Now, in Damascus at the time. There was a um, a question mark over the transactions that used to take place mm-hmm. because the land in which they would grow food, mm-hmm. that they would grow their crops. There was a there was a question mark if it was a halal transaction in the way that it was acquired. Mm-hmm. So based on that question mark, the sheikh didn't want to eat any food that was coming from a haram place. Place, right? Okay. So what his dad used to do was his dad used to send the food to him all the way from his original town. All the Damascus So the sheikh would never eat food from the city he lived in mm-hmm. He would wait for his food to come from outside the city And one of the reasons for that is because Look, a lot of people ask How did we get to be like Imam Nawi? He mm-hmm. had all this knowledge He had all of his works All, his, all, 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 all of this that Allah put he, into mm-hmm. his, his works for him You know, How did he end up doing all that? Well, one of the ways is the fact that he ate halal Remember, 
his essence is being only consumed halal, it only consumed was pure. Allah Azza wa is pure. He doesn't accept that, except that which is pure. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So that's why his father used to send in that. And that's very profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also something I remember when I was reading uh, into the life of Imam Nawi, it mentions that his father, um, ta'ala, he was a very righteous man. Mm. And he was a person that was a very good guardian to Imam Nawi. And he saw from a very young age, you know, um, a lot of hirs and you know, striving from his son. Yeah. So from a young age, he actually put him into seeking knowledge. Mm. And I think that's very powerful because a lot of the times you find that parents, they may put their kids into madrasa, but there isn't that kind of, you know, that kind of push that a child should get. It's mm. just, you know, okay, no, go on madrasa right after school and drop you off and etc. But his father gave a lot of concern to him, spent a lot of time with him, making him read Quran, making him go to the halakatul ilm, the circles of knowledge. And I think that's something that very that everybody needs to take into consideration. Mm. When we have kids, if you want your child to seek knowledge and you want them from a young age to understand Quran and, and etc., you have to put a lot of efforts into that being a parent. No, whether you're a mother or a father, whether you're a single parent or you've got both parents. Um, putting in a lot of time and effort and pushing them from a very young age. Sahih. Because for those who seek knowledge from a young age, it's like carving into. Yeah, Imam Hassan Basri, he said, mm-hmm. Seeking knowledge when you're young is like carving into a rock. Mm-hmm. Is like writing on water. Seeking knowledge when you're old is like writing in water. Mm-hmm. If I write, if I carve into a rock, it's gonna stay. If I try to write in water, what's gonna happen? The water's gonna, the gonna go back to it's normal. It's gonna go back to normal. Yeah. Meaning it won't stay, it won't remain. That's very powerful. So we can see that one of the th- one, one, and that's that's a common trait we find in a lot of the ulama mm-hmm. that you know their parents they took them from young they put them into yeah. circles of knowledge exactly. and so on and so forth. Um, okay, coming back to Imam Nawi rahimahullah. So I, I want to talk about his, his his eating habits a little bit more, right? So we already learned that the Sheikh before we go into eating habits. Yeah. Sorry, I just was going to drink water, but um, it's just something I because I read this and I, and I thought it was quite amazing as well yeah. regarding Imam Nawi. The point being is because his father had put him into all of the seeking knowledge from a very young age. Yeah. It's interesting. I was reading into this biography and it mentions that Imam Nawi, when he was a young. Um, he was a person that always used to read the Quran mm. And so whenever it was time for kids to play together and stuff He'd, always, he'd always used to run away It's in fact, it used to get so bad That some of the kids, they really wanted him to play with him That Imam Noah just used to start crying Like, I don't want to play, I want to go back to my Quran I want to go back to reading my Quran And that is only because The efforts that his father put into him from mm. a very young age it's true, like a lot of people, they wonder why their kids are out selling drugs, this, that, and the other. It's because they never nurtured their kids properly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I remember kids, they don't learn by, they don't listen by what they by, by what you say. They don't listen through their ears, they listen mm-hmm. through their eyes. Meaning you have to do in front of them that which you want them to emulate. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So parents, if you want your kids to learn Quran, you need to learn Quran. You want your kids to see knowledge, you need to be coming to the circles of knowledge. They need to be nurtured upon seeing you come to the circles of knowledge. We'll go to his eating habits now. Yeah, yeah, you were really talking about that, right? Yeah, because it's actually amazing, man. Because like we love to go out and eat food, and you know, every now and again, you know, okay, the motive, okay, let's go taste the whore and get like a chicken korma with some butter naan, you know, and whatnot, you know. So we like to do that. Speak for yourself, bro. Yeah, bro listen, you, you like to, you, you like the chicken curry, okay? Hot. I like it mild. 
the point the point is that Imam Rahimullah, I mean, when I think of this I get very embarrassed the person feel very shy mm-hmm. you know he never used to eat his own food mm-hmm. his sister used to basically crush the food for him and then she used to put it in his mouth, in his mouth yeah. the reason she did that was not because he was a baby and couldn't eat himself no it was because he wanted to benefit from his time so much so that for him it was like it's like eating food is a waste of time like if I can have someone crush the food for me that means I'll spend less time chewing which means I can swallow it easier mm-hmm. and the fact that someone's going to be feeding me I can at that time just be reading I can be studying I can write things just literally just eat like that mm-hmm. and what I, that's a lot, how a lot of the Salaf were a lot of scholars were like that Imam Ibn Aqil rahimahullah, mm-hmm. he used to say that the time that I hate the most is eating time food time because for them it was like I'm only doing this because I'm going to die if I don't eat it. Yes. I'm only doing this so I can have enough to go back to my studies, go back to my work. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They wanted to make use of the time. But for us, it's like, well, food time, that's the best. Yo, mm-hmm. We're not even hungry. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go get some dessert. Let's go get no. some food. Do you see what I'm saying? And to be honest, I, I, I remember, to be honest, man, a lot of time gets wasted. A lot of time. I remember there was a time when every day brothers just wanted to eat food. Do you remember that time? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. And it, like, when, when you want to see, you, know, you want to study and there's more valuable things, I'm not gonna lie, you will start to hate eating food time as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is it, like what well, I be conscious about this for those of us who are talking about oh, you know, time, I don't have time. Just look at how much time you spend in a chicken shop. Look at how much time you spend going out for eating meals. Because well, it's a waste. A lot of it is a waste. Is that the statement of Imam Malik? And I mentioned it before as well. He said that anybody that's concerned about what's going to go into his stomach next will never be a talib in ilm. Will never be a student of knowledge. Every day we wake up, you know, worried about <laughs> I need to eat. Yeah, I need to eat. and subhanallah, you're not gonna. Get you can't far. be concerned. About, you can't be concerned. The food should just come. Should... They, days have that for you. It has to be like, oh, subhanallah, twenty four hours I didn't eat. You know, like right. was it um, when uh, uh, Imam Al Waqi Ibn Jarrah, the teacher of Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, when he met Sufyan Thawri, mm-hmm. one time he met Sufyan Thawri, and Sufyan Thawri was kind of like off with him. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of like. He, 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 he just, he just, yes, yeah, just, just salam like that. Now, imagine like, you know, when you give salam, you give salam like that, innit? Now, if there's somebody you don't really want to talk to him, you kind of, you kind of just, yeah, you're right. I kind of, yeah, so he kind of did it, did that, innit? And then uh, a few days later, when Sufyan Authority met him again, he went up to him and he said to him, By the way, look, just that day, I wanted to tell you, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, mm-hmm. uh, I was starving. Mm-hmm. I hadn't eaten, mm-hmm. so my body curled up and I couldn't shake. I couldn't. I didn't have the no, strength to shake your hand properly. Because the chef didn't have the strength to shake his hand properly. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, just in case you thought that I was being disrespectful, it was because I was, I was, I was in a state. I was, I was in poverty. Yeah. You understand? I, I was, I was going for a famine. You know, Imam uh, was it Abu Hatim al-Razi said that you know one day we, we went fishing. No, no, one day we were waiting for our teacher, and uh, he didn't show up. So we thought, okay, we haven't eaten. So let's go fishing. So mm-hmm. they, they went and got a fish. This, all the students wanted to get one fish. So just as they about to go cook the fish and eat the fish, what happened? Mm-hmm. The teacher came, so they had to run. And they were like, they couldn't come back for three days. Three days later, they came back and then they cooked the fish and they ate the food. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Subhanallah. So subhanAllah. And wallahi, eating food too much, brothers and sisters, wallahi, it hardens the heart. You know, the Salaf would say, like Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, he said, ever since I accepted Islam, I never filled my stomach once. I never filled my stomach once ever since I entered into Islam. Mm-hmm. The ulama would say, the Salaf Imam Ahmad would say, Ibrahim ibn Adham, Rahimullah, many narrations. They used to say that a person who eats a lot, he becomes tired, his body becomes heavy, and his heart becomes hard. Mm-hmm. Heart becomes hard. The days where you eat heavy, you sleep more. The days where you eat less, you sleep less. Mm-hmm. And get up in the morning, revise, do Qiyamul Layl, and so on and so forth. But I think that was powerful, my lesson from them. So, I mean, look, there's a few things here, right? Because... Now, number one, Imam Nawi, 
A, because he never used to eat the food in his own town because of the haram way in which uh, the money was earned and the food was produced, um, meant that he'd only really eat one meal a day, yeah. which came from his father. No. On top of that, he's not really concerned about how he's eating it. He's having his sister, you know, crunch it all up so it's just small when he's putting it in his mouth because he just wants to get by it really quickly. On top of that, the imam, he wasn't married. He wasn't married. And he had no kids. He had no kids. And if I'm correct, when Imam Anoui was asked, why didn't you get married? He said, what? I don't remember. He said, I forgot. SubhanAllah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I forgot to get married. And in my head, I'm just thinking yeah. today, SubhanAllah, right? Imam Anoui, <laughs> being the imam that he is, the works that he's produced, and when he's asked about marriage, why did you not get married? He says, I forgot. I forgot. Wallahi. Wallahi. A brother can be 14, 15, 16 years old. And all he's thinking about marriage. is marriage. He's thinking to himself, I can't even go to classes. I can't even seek knowledge because I need to get married. I'm roasting. And here's an imam who just completely forgot the concept of subhanAllah ever getting married. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the ability to focus and produce the amazing works that he did. And we're going to talk to you about all the works they did in a second. There's a reason why we're leaving that to the end. Yeah. Because we're trying to show you. Because before, if, if we just mentioned, oh, like, oh, look at all the works he produced, you're going to be like, wow, amazing. But we want to try and take you on his journey so you can see he only produced it because of all of the sacrifices that he made. Yes, yeah, So look, so far he sacrificed food. He sacrificed desires. Mm. Yeah? And he sacrificed having a child. And you know, subhanAllah, it's interesting because most people, right, you'll think to yourself, you know. But he wasn't doing that. Because remember, you, you're you not allowed to not marry, get married thinking that you'll be rewarded for not getting married. Mm. The Prophet ﷺ, he prohibited that. Sa'd ibn Waqas said that if we were allowed to have do be celibate, mm-hmm. which is where you don't get married for the sake of Allah. Mm-hmm. Where you don't get married, you say, I want to focus and, and not be distracted by marriage, I want to focus and worship Allah. Mm-hmm. He said, We would have castrated ourselves. Mm-hmm. If the Prophet allowed us, we would have mm-hmm. castrated it. Another narration, the Prophet, he prohibited it, a severe prohibition. We're not allowed, to, we're not like the Christians who mm-hmm. don't ever get married, like yeah, the, you exactly. know, the nuns and whatnot. Yeah. But he genuinely just forgot. He genuinely forgot, right? Like it, it just didn't come to his mind. And, and, and it's powerful because, you know, usually one of the benefits that you get from getting married is having a, having children, right? Because these children, after you die, you pass away. Carry on your legacy. Know, they can carry on your legacy. You, you get rewarded for having a, a, a son which is righteous or a daughter who is righteous, who is carrying on and doing um, acts of good. Um, and all of that, subhanAllah, just didn't even come to his mind. Yeah. It didn't come to his mind. For because him, he was, do you know why? Because he was too busy in the sunnah, studying the sunnah, too busy. In fact, he was so busy, how many classes was he doing a day? 15 classes a day. I've heard 15 and I've also heard 12. Subhan- yeah, sorry, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, right? 12, 12, 12, 12. 12 classes a day. 12 classes, man. 12 durus a day. In fact, I've got here in this book, right? This is one of his books. In the beginning, he actually mentions the classes that he used to do. Go on. And the durus that he used to do. A day. Uh-huh. A day. In one day, right? But the Sheikh here, he actually mentions 11. Uh, I've read in another kitab. Yeah, I've read, I've read 12, 12, 12 yeah. right? So he was studying a lot. Kitab al-Asma'il Rijal on Usul al-Din. So Akhida, Hadith. He's yeah. studying a lot. So Imam, Imam Nawi Rahmanullah is on a day. I'm saying we're struggling to just do one lesson a day. Some of us are struggling just to do one lesson a day. I don't know. These kitabs, these books, 
They're big boy yeah, books. They're not, they're not small books. They're not small books. I, doing sahih, uh, uh, Jam- sahih. Sahih. Like, these doing, are big books, guys. Muslim. Yeah, well, and no every day he's doing 12 lessons whilst he was in Damascus. Yeah. So the, he's, he's not only exerting his efforts, he's not only giving up food, he's not only giving up marriage, but he even gave up sleep. SubhanAllah, yeah, he was studying so hard. When he was in the madrasa where he was studying in Damascus for two years straight, he never slept on his back. You know what that means? He never laid down to sleep. Every time he'd be reading and reading and studying and he just falls asleep. He would just collapse on his books. On like, his books. In, in his mind, he never thought to himself, I'm going to make a time of the day to sleep. He would sleep with just, he would sleep when, whenever he overcome him. Yeah. Overcome it's him. Just, and he's just there looking for the books, reading, studying, studying, reading, studying, studying. Like literally, he would wait till the last minute and then just. And he would just fall asleep in the box. That's subhanAllah. That is literally. That's what allowed the Imam to get to where he was. That's, that's literally something else. Like, how do you manage to do that? I mean, I, 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 we don't consider ourselves to be we're not students of knowledge. We just attend a few classes here and there. And even that, we get tired so quickly and we just knock out. Just, just the time. And, and the Sheikh subhanAllah 12 durus every single day On top of that Imagine you're not eating food You're eating one meal a day Imagine how tired you are You're in Damascus It's hot you know, it's not, you know Your dad's not there Your dad's not there Your family's not there Shall I, t- shall I tell you something else He used to do Which is Which is um, Which is mad <sighs> Imam Nawi rahmanullah Studying all these sciences He wanted to then go and study medicine Yeah he wanted to study, he wanted medicine. To study medicine Because Imam Shafi'i rahmanullah said there's two types of medicine. Medicine. There's there's tibul qulub mm-hmm. and tibul abdan. There's the medicine of the heart, mm-hmm. which is the sharia, and there's the medicine of the body, which is the kind of medical medical studies that we're, we're aware of. Yeah. So uh, Imam Shafi used to say that the the, the best uh, science after the sharia, mm-hmm. the science of the sharia, mm-hmm. is to study medicine. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to study. He wanted to study medicine. So many may have heard of the you know the famous. Um, uh, you know, doctor from mm-hmm. the Islamic world, mm-hmm. Ibn Sina, even though he himself was a kafir, mm-hmm. because he had some beliefs that were really corrupted, he had kufriyat and, and, and all sorts of madness. Yes. The scholars they made takfir on him and said he left the fold of Islam. Yes. But the point was that, you know, as a doctor, he was a good doctor. Mm-hmm. So he, he bought one of his books and uh, he wanted to study his book. So after reading for a few days, he stopped reading it. And the reason he stopped reading it is because he said that as he was reading his book, he noticed some darkness entered his heart. Mm-hmm. Because the guy mentions some some funny things, you know, where, like the universe and goes into philosophy and you know, all sorts of madness, yeah? Mm-hmm. So the sheikh, he stopped re- reading it. Now, the sheikh said darkness entered his heart because of that. Now, brothers and sisters, pay attention. That was by reading a book on medicine that had some dodgy beliefs in there. Not saying it's wrong to read medicine, by the way, as long as it doesn't have any dodgy beliefs. Mm. But those dodgy beliefs, they, he said that it was it was making him feel dark. Now imagine those of us who are reading Harry Potter, magic, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. this magic, and watching movies, men and women kissing each other, and you know there's a, a gay guy in this oh, scene so. and a and a tranny in that scene and a uh, affair here and you know this that. Like well, like, there's this filthy, filthy show which I will not mention, but those who know about it know about it, right? Where the whole show is basically, you know, it's basically like 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 pornography, where like everyone sleeps and fornicates with a family member, and you got sisters 
and brothers who are practicing dare I say it practicing mm. and they're watching the show mm. and then they want to come class and then they wonder why they can't wake up in the class, morning for class then they wonder when they try to memorise that they can't stay mm. it's because they're doing all these things that's corrupting their heart I mean the chef wasn't even doing anything he was trying to study medicine and in it there were some dodgy things this is clear cut sins that the people are engaging in well like it shows you that, that these, these were all factors that contributed to the imam imam Abu Zakaria Yahya ibn Sharif and Nawawi rahimahullah or Nawawi all contributed towards him and his ilm these things, he made sacrifices. He cut off sins. He even cut off things that were permissible for him. He even cut off things that were halal for him. Because he knew that he had a higher goal to uh, to, to achieve. Now what I'm going to do, inshallah ta'ala, is I'm going to read you the works that he did. And then I'm going to tell you how old he was when he died. So you can see how he achieved all of this in this short period of time. So I'm not going to mention all of his works. Okay. I'm not going to mention all his works. So, number one, he did this book, Riyadh Salihin. Wallahi, this book. You know how books of hadith are written in different ways. Some books of hadith are written uh, on a particular subject. Like for example, 40 hadith pertaining to jihad. For mm. example, yeah? So there's a particular subject that's on hadith. Other books are related generally just to like fiqh ahkam, mm-hmm. like Bulugh Mara by Ibn Hajar. Riyadh Salihin is all about manners and heart softness. Like this book, Wallahi, anyone who learns this book, studies this book, or memorizes the book, there's like 1800 hadith in here. This person can give khutbah, lectures, reminders, nasiha. You've got chapters on fear, chapters of repentance, chapters of sincerity, chapter of knowledge, chapters... Wallahi, this, this goes in. And Imam Ibn Uthaymin, he explained it in a six-volume explanation. Yeah, that. This is one of his most famous books. Everyone has it. Everyone's yeah, heard of it. I'm pretty sure Riyadh Salihin. every single one of you probably has this. Just ask your parents. Probably have the English translation they or something, right? have Riyadh Salihin? Especially if house. you're Somali. Like, every Somali has Riyadh Salihin in his house. Yes. If you don't know, ask your parents. It's there. Also, 40 Hadith Imam and Nawawi, rahimahullah. This is a book that he compiled in which he tried to bring the like 40 Hadith that bring you all of the key foundations of the religion. If you learn these 40 Hadith, you learn the key principles in Islam. It kind of summarizes it all for you. Mm-hmm. And look, these are two books that are famous, that are everywhere, that are memorized, that are learned. And look, look at that. Two books that pretty much every single student of knowledge studies or, or aspires to study. So there's many, there's many scholars, there's many books. But this imam has got two of them straight away that you're gonna not you're not gonna be a student of knowledge without these two books. You're gonna need these two books wherever you go. You're gonna need them with you. You're gonna, you can't be surprised without them. And Allah gave the privilege of both of these two books being offered by one imam to show you that maybe it was because of his sincerity mm-hmm. that it's there. He wrote a book called he, he okay. So again, look again. Show you the two best books in hadith are what Al Bukhari and Muslim. Mm. The best explanation of Al Bukhari is Fathul Bari by Ibn Hajar. The best explanation of Sahih Muslim is by Imam Nawawi again. Look, Imam Nawawi, his name just pops up. He wrote Al-Minhaj, Al-Minhaj Talibin, which is the best book, not the best, but one of the best books like that, that is like right at the top. When you're studying, when you're studying, when you're studying the Shafi'i Madhab, this is like the top. When you've got this book, it's like you've got it now. He's, he's got one of the best books in the Shafi'i Madhab, mm-hmm. right? And not only that, he was an Imam in the Shafi'i Madhab. The Madhab is Imam Shafi'is, but you'll constantly be referring back to Imam Nawi and Imam Rafi'i and to show you again where he was, okay? He's got so on his book, man. He's got How many volumes is the Kitab al-Minhaj? Al-Minhaj is one big fat volume. One big fat volume. One big fat volume, but then the explanations are many. You're talking about al-Majmu'. So yeah. then he, wrote, he even wrote a book called al-Majmu', okay? Which is basically, in this book, he, he is, it's not just Shafi'i Madhab. He brings in the different Madahib now. Fiqhul Maqarn, okay? Mm-hmm. And he actually died, he didn't get to finish that book. And other ulama, they came and they finished it off for him. 
he uh, got up to I think it was the chapter of Buyur. I think he died on after he'd done basically the Islamic finance. That's when he died. So he finished all of the ibadat, salah, zakat, fasting, hajj. He died on Buyur, if I'm not mistaken. He wrote a book called At-Tibyan fi Adabi Hamalat al-Quran. He wrote a book again. Anyone who memorizes the Quran, like tell us about this book. Tell us about the book. The Kitab al-Tibyan is a beautiful, beautiful book which basically mentions uh, about um, you know things that a person who carries the Quran, the one who's memorized the Quran, how he should, um, you know, how his manner should be, how he should be as an individual, how his relationship should be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how his relationship should be with the Quran, with the Sunnah, and etc. It's, it's, it's a powerful, powerful book. Well, I, I can't really explain like that. But Basta Abdul Rahman Hassan does have an He's explanation it on, uh, on his YouTube it's channel. It's like what, like 20, 30 parts? Oh, it's too many. It's lots. It's lots. It's lots of parts. Is, it's a powerful book. Powerful book. And like it builds your love for the Quran. It makes you want to memorize it. So anyone mm. who memorizes the Quran has to go for the book. Also, he wrote a book called Al-Adhkar. The same way, you know how we have the fortress of a Muslim? It's got all the dhikr, all the adhkar in there. Mm-hmm. Imam Nawi has his own called Al-Adhkar. It's even bigger. And he even comments on some of the hadith in there. You know what I so much, man? There's... So much man yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, you you know, know. He, he even wrote a portion on Sahih Bukhari It's a dictionary right? Yeah it's, it's basically a dictionary which, uh, Of uh, A tarajum of, uh, of, of men and women And dictionary uh, in terms of Al-Fadh uh, uh, Words It's powerful man That book is powerful I still need to buy that <laughs> I still need to get that. Well, like he, there's, I'm, I'm even looking. You know, there was books that he started. And he, I haven't even, I even ain't even gone through most of the books. But I wanted just to give this to you as a taste, of brothers, to show you. Now, guess how old he was when he died. Guess how old he was when he died. This is, this, do, do you know when I said these books? Like when I told you, when I told you, for example, Road, uh, Road to the book that he has. These are volumes. Al-Majmu' is volumes. Sharh of Sahih Muslim is volumes. <laughs> these, are, these are volumes, brothers and sisters. And then, of course, you have Al-Salihin, which is one volume. Then the other ones are like, some of them are ten volumes each. Mm-hmm. How old was he when he died? The scholars who lived at the age of 70, 80, they might not produce something like this. These are, these, these, these are elite works. These are the most complicated stuff he's working on. He died when he was 45 years old. He died in his 40s. The Prophet became the Prophet at the age of 40. He was sent out as a Prophet and a messenger at the age of 40. He died extremely young. I'm just, I'm just giving extremely you that. I'm, I'm not trying to compare him to the Prophet. Of course, the Prophet is, 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 is the Prophet. In case anyone thought that, I was just trying to give you an understanding to how young he was. That's what I was trying to do, just to show you. Yeah. That he, he hadn't even. He hadn't, the reason I mentioned that true story is because the ulama they say a person becomes a man, a man at the age of 40. That's so, between so he, 30 40. He had literally just started manhood Yeah And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took his soul But he produced all of that And that you know, powerful The reason why it's important to mention this brothers and sisters And that we decided to do that Is because our stad, uh, Our teacher Ustad Abdurrahman Hafidhullah ta'ala He always says to us You know whenever you talk about Nawawi and Al-Bukhari You always talk about the end mm-hmm. This is what he wrote This is what he did This is mm-hmm. what he achieved no, But you don't talk about the struggle the process And the struggle that he had to go through In order to achieve all of that Subhanallah Think about it Again you know Leaving your hometown No marriage No food You know No, no sleep 12 lessons a day Working 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 so hard 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him and allowed him to produce the works that he did. And um, we're benefiting from that till today. Alhamdulillah. We're all benefiting from it till like today. Imagine me, okay? I'm a guy living in the West, West London, okay? Uh, random place in West London, you know, I'm living in the yard, and, you know, about seven, eight hundred years after his death, I'm sitting here memorizing his book, 40 Hadith Imam Nawawi. And I'm memorizing his statements. Like, do you understand? And he's been rewarded for all that. Like, look, he didn't have a child that was righteous, that was going to make da'a for him, and he was going to receive the reward of the child. But look, he's got all these students of knowledge that are... Look, sh- sh- shall I tell you how bad it is? You know the Mufti of Saudi Arabia? You know the Mufti of Saudi Arabia? Mm. He does a hajj for Nawawi. Allah Akbar. The Mufti of Saudi Arabia, Hafizullah is still alive, he said, I have done a hajj for Nawawi and Ibn Hajar. So many times. Because mm. he's done it for himself, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us will do it for what? For our family, family members. Me. He's like, I do it for Nawawi. Imam Nawawi benefited me. Allah. I do it for Imam Nawawi. The ulama that just take our time, just make da'a for, for these scholars. So brothers and sisters, you know, if you want to seek knowledge, sacrifices have to be made. So hopefully that was inspirational to you. Now I want to give you some practical steps. If you don't know, Ustaz Abdurrahman has classes in West London, Darussalam, every day in the morning, 7 a.m. If you come to the masjid, there'll be a class, okay? Except for Friday, the class is at night on that day. You can go and check it out on the on, on his Instagram page. Or it's not run by him, but it's run by someone. But you can get all the classes there. Or the Al-Madras to Umariya page. We'll put the link below, inshallah ta'ala. Also, if you guys don't have classes locally or whatever have you in your area, then you can study online. That's why we have the Knowledge College, which is the Online Islamic Studies Institute, where you can actually start to seek the knowledge of your religion. In fact, one of the things that we will be going through, inshallah ta'ala, <coughs> in the first level of the of the because there's three levels in the knowledge college we're in we're, we're just about to finish the first module in the second or third module we're going to start the 40 hadith of imam and Nawawi himself mm. we're actually going to go through his book we're going to learn those hadith and you will inshallah ta'ala memorize them like this is something that we're going to all do mm. so um it's it's you know that's that's an option for you as well and uh you know don't forget the umrah trip we only have you know, we've got less 100 percent we've got less than 20 places uh you know also we uh, have that that series for you how to how to overcome the five most common obstacles of seeking knowledge in the west you just need to put your email just below and you'll get that but definitely i really recommend you all without a shadow of a doubt to sign up to the knowledge college and benefit inshallah ta'ala benefit inshallah ta'ala uh if 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 you don't have a sheikh or a scholar that you can go to or, or a class by a student of knowledge that's solid and solidified if you don't if, if you're at home you struggled in whatever knowledge college don't at the very least look. You remember when we had to go to Damascus. He was in a he was in a madrasa for two years, falling asleep on his books. You don't have to. You just have to go log on and then you can study online. <laughs> now don't get it twisted. You're not gonna become Imam Nawawi from that. You're still gonna have, you're gonna if you really wanna get to his level, you're gonna have to make uh, efforts. But at least there's something in it. Inshallah. Brothers and sisters, take care of yourselves, and we we'll see you in the next episode. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.